Get out your hand out here if you have it. I'm going to try to cover uh, two chapters today, uh, Daniel 7 and Daniel 8. And uh, Daniel 7 really is kind of the high point of the book of Daniel. And here we see another vision now, but it really kind of lays the foundation for the rest of the book and for the really for the, uh, the book of the Revelation. So it's profoundly important. But uh, look at, the, if everybody has this, I have one copy left. Anybody not have a copy of this? I got one copy left. Let's see. If you don't mind, just sort of look on with some, that's okay. I think we're okay. Oh, you got two? Okay. Who else had, Janice, did you not get one? Mm-hmm. Now look at, uh, let's just real, uh, we'll review quickly here. Remember now there's six great world empires in history. If you want to write on this in that box up in that top left-hand corner, you could write in Egypt and then Assyria. Now Daniel doesn't deal with those empires. Those empires have already come and passed. By the time you get to Daniel, the Nebuchadnezzar now will defeat the Assyrian empire. And will come to power about 609 B.C. His father actually will uh, be the king. And then 605, Nebuchadnezzar will come to power. So you have six great world empires in history. Egypt, and at the, at the peak of Egypt's power in the world, Moses was in the house of Pharaoh. And many Bible commentators think that it's quite possible that Moses could have become the most powerful political ruler in the world. Could have become the uh, Pharaoh of Egypt knowing the ambition of his, uh, the lady that uh, fished him out of the, or the, uh, took him out of the, the, out of the river and so on. But anyhow, we talked about that before. Then you have the Babylonian Empire, which Nebuchadnezzar was the head of. In 39, 539 B.C., Cyrus defeated the Babylonian Empire and becomes the Medo-Persian Empire. Then in 31 B, 331 B.C., Alexander the Great will defeat the Persians. Empire, and then Alexander will die very suddenly in three, uh, 323 B.C. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And then uh, the Roman Empire will uh, conquer Jerusalem in 63 B.C. And will uh, basically, they talk about the fall of the Roman Empire in 476 A.D. And then after, and so we see the, those are the four great empires now that Daniel uh, sees in a vision and will prophesy and give prophecies concerning these four empires. And the fifth great world empire will be the millennium. Uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, he will sort of be the stone that will crush these great world empires and says millennium. So that's kind of a quick overview. We believe that uh, many Bible students of prophecy believe that the European Common Union, the European, uh, the Union uh, the, uh, the, they call it the common market, the European Union, uh, will uh, basically make up this uh, uh, revived Roman Empire. Now that will come the Antichrist in Europe and so on. All right, now look at Daniel 2. Of course, we've been through this now, but just to give you a quick overview. This seems to be man's view of these world empires. And uh, we see that uh, man looks upon these great empires as very wonderful and glorious and so on. But uh, in Daniel 2, we see the vision of the statue. We see Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold. 
uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, the chest and arms of silver. And we see these metals now uh, basically decreasing in value. And perhaps it means that these great empires will be big, maybe even larger geographically, but weaker as far as internal centralization of power and uh, influence and control and so on. But for some reason, they're viewed that uh, these, these metals uh, degrade in their value and worth. And then the Greek empire of uh, Alexander is uh, the, middle thighs, uh, the middle and thighs of bronze. And then Rome will be the legs of iron, the two legs of iron, one leg probably representing the western part of the empire, the other leg representing the eastern part of the empire, which will last for another thousand years. And then the, you have the ten toes, the feet of clay, a mixture of iron and clay, perhaps suggesting that this revived Roman Empire will be a, an alliance of uh, powerful dictatorships and democracies. That's what you see in the United Nations today, don't you? You got uh, communist China and, uh, and uh, Russia, powerful dictatorships uh, combined with some of these very weak, passive nations. Um, maybe the UN will be sort of a forerunner or a type or a, a shadow, you might say, of the one world government. All right. And then, of course, the fifth empire now will be the millennial reign of Christ. He'll reign on the earth for a thousand years. And uh, the word of God uh, uh, prophesies that. Then you look at Daniel 4, you see the vision of the tree. This is a picture, remember, this is where Nebuchadnezzar, his power was broken. He went out and uh, mowed, uh, mowed grass, uh, ate grass, and uh, like an animal, lost his mind and so on. And then God is going to revive him again, and he'll go back, stand back on his feet and be a man once again. And it's interesting, by the way, Nebuchadnezzar at the end is going to give God glory. And he's going to make a great statement that worldwide over the whole empire. Remember, now these empires control most of the then known world. And remember, Nebuchadnezzar gives a very glorious, wonderful testimony about God, does he not? And that uh, testimony is spread over the whole then known world. He's saying this is the true God. This is the God who will reign forever. And God has made the gospel available to all men. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, hasn't it? <laughs> look, unto all, look unto me, all ye ends of the world, and be saved. And no man will die, uh, no man will have an excuse to die in his sin and go to hell. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now I've got a job, my job is to give out the gospel. My job is to be a fisher of men. But uh, no man will die. Every man that dies will have no excuse. And, uh, and then when Darius, what happened, what's going to happen to Darius? What's he going to say once Daniel survives the den of lions? And then what's Darius going to do? He's going to make much, very much the same worldwide proclamation about the true God, isn't he? So twice we see these pagan kings giving the truth <laughs> uh, to the world. All right, then in uh, chapter 7, now this is considered the high point of the book of the Revelation, and here we see now uh, this, another vision. Daniel's going to have this vision. Uh, the book of Daniel is not chronological. This is going to go back. Look at chapter, uh, if you would turn to chapter 7. And just, uh, we won't read the whole chapter, but I want, we see, first of all, here's a vision now. Here's God's view. This is another vision of these four, four world empires. This is the view from God. 
Now, God sees these world empires. He sees them as wicked, ravaging beasts, does he not? Man saw Nebuchadnezzar as a head of gold. God sees these world empires as as, uh, ravenous, uh, animal-like, destructive, evil. But uh, look at uh, let's look at verse chapter seven, verse one. In the, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter, of the matters. Daniel spake and said, "I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea." It speaks of the four corners of the world, the whole world. And the sea is considered often a type of the mass of humanity. So then four great bees came from the sea, diverse one from another. Now here we're going to see these same world, four world empires, these four world kingdoms from a different perspective, from God's perspective. The first was like a lion. This would be Babylon. And had eagle's wings. The commentators believe the wings suggest the idea of speed, of how of how, how fast these empires, these men conquered the world. I beheld, had eagle's wings. I believed till the wings thereof were plucked. He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar, talking about Babylon. Was uh, Nebuchadnezzar's uh, wings plucked? (laughs) God broke his power, did he not? And he ended up, he's being reduced to an animal, uh, um, out living in, among animals, among the donkeys, and so on, eating grass. You think he, uh, they have, we, of course, modern commentators, they would call that uh, a form of insanity. And then for about seven years, he was in this state. And was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet of a man, and a, heart, a man's heart was given unto him. And there he made that wonderful pronouncement about the true God, the living God. In verse 5, And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. And talking about the Medo-Persian Empire. And it raised itself up on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said, Thus unto it arise, devour much flesh. Conquer the world, basically. And... uh, so a bear raised up on one side. You had the Medes originally. Then they emerged with the Persians, so you had the Medo-Persian Empire. Well, the power of the Medes will recede, and Persia will become the most powerful. So that's probably what it means by the bear raising up on one side, that one half of that empire became more powerful than the other side. And, of course, they debate many of these things, but they think the three ribs were perhaps three very powerful nations that the Persians conquered. All right, then verse 6, After this I beheld and lo another like a leopard, which had, upon it, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads, and dominion, power, authority was given to it. This, this is the Greek empire of Alexander the Great. And so uh, he, was, uh, he moved like a leopard. Uh, Alexander the Great came to power. He's about 20 years of age. And he was a, a, a military genius. And he conquered almost all the then the, the, the world, from all the way from all, all the way to India. His army uh, marched, was in the field for about 11 years. I hope I'm recalling that correctly. And uh, defeated, he, he named cities all over the ancient world after Alexander, his, his name. And he, uh, Alexandria, Egypt, would be the most famous of his cities. 
He helped spread the Greek language, the Greek culture. They call it Hellenism, kind of a, a corrupted uh, type of Hellenic uh, civilization. And, but he spread his, uh, these, his, uh, the Greek culture over the whole world. So the Koine Greek that uh, the Bible was written in, really you can thank uh, Alexander in one sense for that, because he made that the common language of the, of the ancient world. And then uh, when he died, he died at uh, 20, he died at age 33. He caught malaria. He had a number of wounds from his uh, from a military conflict, but in a in a, in a drunken stupor, uh, he choked himself and died, <laughs> uh, being drunk. But he's only 33 years of age, and basically he had conquered the whole then known world, and he uh, died in Babylon. And there he was buried and so on. But it died at 33 years, so he was cut off very suddenly at the peak of his military power, just like the Word of God prophesied. Verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. Now, by the way, it doesn't identify this as Rome, but this is a very unusual beast, unlike the others. And probably this Roman civilization really was the culmination of all these uh, uh, the culture, you may, might say, of these uh, previous empires. And they all sort of combine in the world empire. Rome was very great at borrowing uh, language and culture and religion from the Greeks and others before them. So this beast is an unusual beast, and, uh, but it's the, uh, again, this is Rome. And after this I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, <laughs> Uh, Rome was a tremendous power. You sense that, by the way, when you read the New Testament. Hovering all those, uh, hovering over the book of Acts is that tremendous power of Rome, is it not? Remember that? Now, let's be careful here. Let's pay our taxes. Uh, don't, don't cause riots. Don't cause trouble. Let's Rome come and take our government away. What greater picture can you see the beastly nature of these Romans than when you see those Roman soldiers, the way they treated Christ? They were animals, were they not? <laughs> The way they uh, smit, drove a crown of thorns and beat his face. Probably his face was so beaten, uh, beaten to a pulp. Probably wasn't even recognizable. In fact, the Word of God suggests that you couldn't look at his face and say that was the face of a man. Well, you want to get a little understanding of how vicious Rome was and their iron teeth. <laughs> and look what the, just look at the way they treated Christ. Look at the way they used crucifixion to crucify a man, to nail a man to a cross. There's no more painful death than that in all the world. Well, anyhow, it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it and was diverse from all the beasts. It's so different than those three, those five preceding world empires. And it had ten horns. Now, this is the revived Roman Empire, and this is future. And it may come out of the European Union. Uh, we don't know. Maybe the United Nations. Uh, but the revived Roman Empire, there's going to be ten nations. Now that will come the Antichrist. Let's go on. Look at verse 8. I considered the horns. Now by, by these ten horns, by these horns are going to be ten nations, ten rulers. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. This is going to be the Antichrist. So there's going to be ten nations. There's going to be three nations that are going to be very powerful, but uh, there's going to come up a little horn that's going to crush and defeat these three nations. And this is going to be the Antichrist. 
Now, we don't know about these things. We don't know what the present or what the future, exactly what it's going to be like. There's going to be some, an alliance of nations, maybe in Europe, maybe uh, in the United Nations, who knows? But out of that now is going to come the Antichrist, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the, they're talking about the little horn, were like the eyes of a man, it's no, no doubt suggesting a high intelligence here. And a mouth speaking great things, <laughs> boasting, bragging. Did you ever see Mussolini, any pictures of Mussolini in Italy? Did you know many prophecy scholars thought he was the Antichrist? And there are really some pretty good arguments. He, he had that bold face and he was a real dictator and claimed uh, he wanted to rebuild the Roman Empire, make it the greatest empire in history. There's some, some parallels there, but obviously uh, he wasn't the Antichrist. So they ended up uh, killing him and his wife, hanging up, hanging upside down in the square. So obviously he must not have been the Antichrist. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. I'm talking about now the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to cast down these world empires. And the Ancient of Days, that's God the Father, I believe, did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool and his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as the burning fire. There's where Christ comes back, sets up his throne to, to judge the nations and so on. All right. So if you look now at your chart of chapter seven, the lion with wings of an eagle, the bear raised up on one side, the leopard, Alexander the Great, with four wings speaks, uh, I think, of the power or the speed of his conquest of the world and then the four heads. When Alexander dies within about, 24, within about 20 years, four of his generals will take over his empire. They'll divide it up among themselves. And what's fascinating, uh, Daniel wrote this about 200 years before that happened. But if you study history, uh, this is exactly what happened. Alexander died about 20, about 20 years later. Four of his generals took control of the four different parts of his empire, just like the Word of God prophesied. And then the terrifying beast with iron. This is Rome. And then we, we see that out of this now will come the revived Roman Empire. The fifth world empire from Daniel's prophecies will be the millennium that the Lord Jesus Christ will set up. The Word of God talks about a prophecy. Daniel prophesies about a stone. A great stone will come and destroy these four kingdoms. Uh, Jesus Christ setting up the millennium. That stone will represent Christ and his power in setting up the fifth world empire, the millennium. All right. Now look over at, uh, look at uh, chapter, uh, chapter 8. Okay. Chapter 8, now this will, be about, uh, this will be about two years later. So there's about two years that takes place between chapter 7 and chapter 8. Uh, look at chapter 8. Let's begin reading in the first verse there. Uh, and let me go back to, to uh, chapter 7 just a minute. In 22, it talks about the Antichrist. So let me just read that. It says, until the Ancient of Days, Daniel 7, verse 22. Until the Ancient of Days came, God the Father, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, Rome, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, 
and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and shall subdue three kings. And he shall, talk about the Antichrist now, defeating these three nations among the ten nations. And he shall, verse 25, and he shall, break great, uh, he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints, that's the Antichrist now attacking the Jews, destroying the Jews, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, a time is a year. But when Daniel talks about time, a time, it means one year. And times, that'd be two years or more than one year. And then the dividing of time, that'd be six months. So if you divide a time, that's uh, six months. So you're talking about three and a half years. The Antichrist will reign on the earth for three and a half years. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints, the people of God during the millennium. The most high whose kingdom it is, an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions shall serve and obey him. And so uh, anyhow, there's the picture of the Antichrist being defeated. Uh, God the Father, Christ setting up the millennium where, they will, where the saints of God will rule with, with Christ during the millennium. Now look at verse uh, chapter eight, Daniel eight on your on your chart. This is uh, Daniel received this vision two years later. And it's basically a, another vision, a little different vision, but it's a vision of of Persia. Persia will be likened to a ram uh, with two horns, and the one horn will be longer than the other, probably suggesting that Persia will be the stronger of the two powers stronger than media or the Medes. And so uh, that's probably what's, what the Word of God is suggesting here, that, uh, that the Persia will actually be powerful, more, will be stronger, so his horn would be longer, the two horns representing the Medes and the Persians. And then it talks about the male goat. Now this is going to be Alexander the Great. <coughs> and uh, it's going to identify him with one horn. He'll be a, a one world power, one world dictator, He'll not uh, have any co-regents or no other nation will be a co-power with him. And so he's going to be the one horn and it's going to be broken. And here it talks about how it's going to be broken very suddenly. At the height of his power, he's going to die in a drunken stupor at 30, uh, about 33 years of age. <laughs> and uh, so uh, his uh, power, uh, so the empire will struggle along with, for about 20 years. And then he'll take. Uh, then his four generals will take over the empire, and that's what the word of God is uh, prophesying here. And then it talks about it talks about um, a a man. Uh, this little horn uh, is going to be a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, and uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more later on. But in this prophecy, that little horn that's going to come out of those ten horns uh, is uh, is going to be, I think, a foreshadowing of the Antichrist. And about one, about one seventy-four BC, about one sixty-four BC, is going to become a, a, a powerful ruler. Will come out of the Seleucid dynasty. One of uh, Alexander's generals 
and take over one quarter of his empire. And out of that empire called the Seleucid Empire will come a man named Antiochus Epiphanes. And uh, he's going to uh, basically declare war against the Jews. This is about now uh, 174 to 164 B.C., before Christ. And he's going to declare war on the Jews. He's going to hate the Jews. He's going to go into the temple. He's going to offer a hog, a sow on the altar to show his contempt for the Jews. <laughs> he's going to outlaw sacrifices. He's going to outlaw the Jewish religion. He's going to kill thousands of Jews. He's going to be a great persecutor of the Jews. And so many people see in this a type or a foreshadowing of the Antichrist in the tribulation period. And so this is what Daniel is, Daniel is talking about this man, talking about this writing of this foreshadowing, of the foreshadowing of this sort of this type of Antichrist. So that's kind of what chapter 8 is all about. <laughs> and... Um, so that's kind of a good overview of those two chapters, chapter 7, chapter 8. All right.